Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do what we've done, energize a city, right? Energize a, a, a town, energize fans. Uh, it's only going to make us better moving forward, and that's the part that I'm excited about. No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing, and it's really cool, really cool to be a part of, and, and it was special, and like I said, just the beginning. You know, I, I go back to April, and I, I told the team in April, I said, expect to play playoff games on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. You know, I think that was this this year, obviously, was huge for, for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward, and, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're going to be and, and what we're going to do moving forward. And and that's the mindset, and, the, and we won't settle for less than that. And this this won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us. So we'll be back. This boy got a hit. Ten Ten XL ninety two point five FM presents Jaguars Today with your host Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E to the T. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome into a fresh week of Jaguars Today. The players is in the rear view. Congrats to Scotty Scheffler for tearing up sawgrass the way he did. And uh, Tony just goes to show you, seventeen is not so daunting when you get an inch of rain, right? When they <laughs> when they can throw lawn darts at it like yeah. they did on Saturday, man, they just peppered that hole with the good shots and uh it was good weather for the most part you know except for the little friday night thunderstorms but that led to record scoring on saturday so uh congrats to the players for putting on another great event they did and sunday it picked right back up right the golf course was the golf course again you know it after, did after a for, night. for most <laughs> yeah and so 17 was its usual daunting task on sunday as it's typically been out there at the players but yeah it was uh Another good tournament, and Scheffler's a really good champion, right? And this this tournament has a way of finding the player that plays the best is going to win the tournament. And Scheffler was the most consistent player at the tournament this Four year. Four and a half million right. bucks, number one prize Six money. wins in the last year. Woo. It's like $30 million in like just the prize money that he's gotten in the last calendar year on tour nuts that doesn't even include whatever endorsements or anything yeah, well, else he's got I know he's on. got Nike because he's got and, and yeah. this is why they pay him right because yeah. he's got the simple I like the the simple Nike hat with the swoosh on the front nothing else yeah and now they've got the jersey or the jersey the the the, uh, <laughs> the golf shirt with the the swoosh on the breast pocket mm -hmm. but they also put one on the back yep. now you know so no matter what angle you're getting you're getting swoosh like a boxer walking to the ring um yeah. I, I did take Scheffler to win it I had Hovland but I also had Rory in my trio mm -hmm. so I would not have made the cut in my own contest no and neither would I boo me one of my guys withdrew on Friday ah it's a tough break there Rom. Johnny Rom McElroy missed the cut Jason Day had a solid tournament finished top 20 he did but the other two yeah I would have been disqualified as well uh well um Let's put it this way. Nobody had as good a day picking them as Carrie did. Uh, oh. Carrie S. in our contest. Not only did he have Scheffler, All right. who won it, he had Terrell Hatton, oh. who came in second, yep. and he had Xander Shoffley as well, who I think was six under. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, finished at six under, tied for 19th. So uh, if you thought you had a good 
entry into the contest? You may have. You didn't have one as good as that, so I'm going to get Kerry set up in the next day or so with his prize. Congrats to him. Uh, and that would be, you know, an early for kind of a situation for me to deal with a prize. You know, like, now nah, deal with that in a couple weeks or yeah. whatever. But No, in the next couple of days, I will deal with that. I will say that I would say 80% of the entrants, probably north of that, uh, had one of Rom or McElroy. Right. Boom. Made it easy. Made it easy. Yeah. I just went through, nope, 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 right down the line. So, uh -huh. hope you had a good time. If you got to go out there, I saw E.T. wearing all that drip out there all weekend. Uh, I saw you Thursday, Friday, showing off all the goods. Even How many takes on the golf swing uh, was that your your only shot on the replica seventeenth? Two, 17th? Two okay. shot, Shawty. You still do that thing with the right foot. I don't know what that is. Like you're, you, you know, like you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know exactly. The shuffle. <laughs> Where you, you you slide that right foot back, but it was a nice shot that you made there. Last I looked, there's no pictures on a scorecard, baby. That's right. Oh, oh he's learned some golf terms yeah, right here. There yeah. are no pictures on the. They don't ask you how. They ask you how many. That's right. right. That's one that you need to go with there. As well. So uh, go back and check out our video team out there uh, with Graham and Mia uh, in particular doing a great job with the uh, bonus coverage of the players. So today is the time for the legal tampering to begin. <laughs> the illegal tampering's done, right, Tony? Mm -hmm. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> Nobody has an idea. Not. We're not no. going to hear of any deals that were agreed to at, say, 12.03 p.m. today, are we? Uh, certainly not. I bet we will. They all waited. <laughs> we didn't have news reports over the weekend. The Bucks expected to be going after Baker Mayfield. None of that stuff was happening. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And, and, you know, it makes sense. That's a good That's a good pickup by the Bucks if they go that direction, sure. right? There's not a big market for Baker Mayfield, it doesn't seem. And I'm not saying Kyle Trask might not turn into a really good quarterback, but he's the only quarterback you have, yep. and he's barely played. And Mayfield actually did a nice job coming in uh, there for the Rams. I was surprised at how well he did um, as, you know, basically uh, that week picked him up. It was like their Todd Bauman. Just theirs went a lot better. Um, Hick, w during the crossover this morning uh, on between the drill and Jaguars today, uh, was looking back over, was it 2016's free agent hall or was it 2015? I think it was 15. 15 with Julius uh, Thomas and Jared Odrick and that whole crew. So, you know, look, we get excited when the team spends money. We want new players, right? We, we do want those things, but I think this is going to be a year of patience for Jaguars fans to some degree. Uh, maybe they'll surprise us and sign somebody from another team today. I would not be surprised if you don't hear of any – signings for the next couple of days, quite frankly, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And and hopefully we'll have some movement, you know, whether it's Arden Key or I, I doubt it's going to be Jawan Taylor. They're going to still try to get things done with their guys. But I think the Jawan Taylor situation, we've talked about it now till we're red in the face or blue in the face or whatever color you want to <laughs> describe our face looking like. But, um, you know, just economically, don't think it's going to be feasible for the Jags to bring him back here. Unless Juwan took a steep hometown discount, and despite the big Jaguar logo tattoo on his leg, Tony, I don't believe that that's going to be the case. Yeah, I don't think so either, and it's it's felt that way for a while. Maybe if they had been able to figure out some way to get the contract done with Evan Ingram and could use the franchise tag on Jawan Taylor, maybe that's the direction they would have gone. Might but, have, yes. But once that option was taken off the table by having to use the franchise tag on Evan Ingram, it's done, right? Like, you're not going to prevent him from hearing what kind of money is going to be offered to Jawan Taylor in the 
open market. And even with, you know, when Orlando Brown, that kind of guy being added late, you mm-hmm. know, it was kind of assumed that, yeah, Kansas City probably going to use the tag on Brown is the way that'll work out. Well, it, they didn't, right? So he's going to be a free agent at noon. They can start talking to him. Teams can today. And he'll probably be more looked at as a left tackle. Yes, he will. And he can play both, but, you know, yeah. he's shown he can play both. But even with that being added to the market, Juwan Taylor on pretty much every list you look at is a top 15 free agent. Well, and maybe the top right tackle because of his pass protection ability, right? Mm-hmm. Mike McGlinchey and Caleb McGarry are the other two from San Francisco and Atlanta who are free agents that have made it to this point. San Fran has basically said, we can't afford to bring McGlinchey back. Good luck to you. You know, love to have you. But uh, both of those guys much more known for the run blocking, mm-hmm. which is traditionally what you are looking for in your right tackle. Traditionally, traditions have changed and uh, we're not in your your granddad's NFL anymore, and it's a no. passing league, and therefore, you know, Jawan Taylor breaking out with those metrics like he did, and right there at 25 years old, man, I mean, he's going to get paid, and good for him. I don't I don't uh, begrudge Jawan Taylor. Go out and make your Not money. You know, I'd yeah. like for it to be here in Jacksonville. I'd like for them to work out a way to get it done, but you're seeing now more mocks start to connect offensive line, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is a mock draft Monday, so we will look at some of those mocks out there today. We asked uh, when you were out on Friday, Tone, if the Jags were to select from these four players with the 24th pick, who would you want them to take, assuming Jawan Taylor leaves in free agency? And understanding that Osiris Torrance is more uh, guard, right? Some have projected that he could play right tackle. I talked with Matt Hayes. He thinks he's purely a guard. Uh, obviously, he follows that a lot closer than I do and uh, you know, in terms of, uh, the abilities of the Florida Gator college football program. But uh, Torrance won our poll. We gave the options of Brian Branch, Nolan Smith, and Darnell Washington in there as well. And uh, Osiris Torrance with nearly a total of uh, uh, about 940 votes in the poll, 31% of the vote went to Torrance to beef up the offensive line. 25.7% went to Nolan Smith, the edge rusher. It's definitely a big need. For this football team, without question, I'm going to be curious to see if they can add something veteran-wise, not at the top of the market, right? They can't play in the top of the market economically, Mm -hmm. it doesn't appear. Uh, Brian Branch, 23.9%, and that was a vocal 23.9%. More than one person uh, suggesting anyone who didn't vote for Brian Branch does not know football, all right? <laughs> I love that, right? Like, I, I mean, like, nobody says Brian Branch wouldn't be a good fit for this football team. Right. But they just think maybe that, you know, based on the makeup of the roster and the needs and the, maybe the uh, how tough it is to find big guys, how tough it is to find pass rush, that it's mm-hmm. not the top priority. I don't think anybody who didn't vote for Brian Branch would be upset if Brian Branch were the selection by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sure. And if I had voted in it, I would have voted Branch, you know, and it would have been a debate in my mind between Branch and Nolan Smith, and I would have gone with Branch because of the big question marks I have about Nolan Smith as far as playing time and the numbers coming out of Georgia, that kind of thing. And I get it. He's being mocked coming out of the combine in the top ten a ton. He right? is, but I also see mocks now that are post-combine that, that don't have him in the first round. Sure. Right? And, again, at some point, Production versus traits, you know, yeah. you, you know, maybe at 24, that's a reasonable place to gamble on that kind of thing, right? We're not living the top 10 where you're almost handcuffed by the fear of what if I pick the wrong guy, mm-hmm. right? You you have the 
freedom a little bit more mentally to take a swing at 24, but at the end of the day, that's still your best asset to add talent to your roster this offseason because you don't have this abundance of cap space. Uh, Tight end Darnell Washington out of Georgia got 19% of the vote. So there Mm -hmm. were, you know, people that were uh, in the camp of all of these players uh, last week, and and that's why we put those four in particular. Uh, I had more than one person tell me those are the top four that they hope are on the board uh, for, you know, out of that, that's their top four combination of players uh, that they hope the Jags have a chance at at 24. And look, uh, part of it was I looked at a mock at CBS on Thursday and all of them were available at the 24th pick. Now, I don't think that's the likely occurrence, but, you know, mm-hmm. nobody knows at this point in time. When we went off the air on Friday, E.T. and I were enjoying some abundant sunshine. We didn't realize the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers were going to upset the apple cart in terms of the entire uh, top of the NFL draft. So we'll discuss that deal that got done on Friday as well and uh, where these two teams go from here and what impact, if any, there is. And I think there is some residual impact on the Jacksonville Jaguars because right now neither the Texans or the Colts hold the top pick in the draft and are unlikely to get there, although there were some reports on (laughs) Friday immediately, immediately that – the Panthers would be willing to entertain a trade down, which makes me wonder if they don't like just maybe two guys and they haven't – one guy hasn't separated himself enough. If one guy was separated from the pack for them, you're going to move up to number one and you're going to have your guy. And you may not announce who it is, but that's going to be it. And the fact that they got that out there as quickly as possible through their local reporters in uh, Charlotte – uh, makes you wonder maybe they're just sending a message to Houston. Hey, you know, you want your guy. Come up one spot. Maybe we can recoup a first-round pick out of you, right? We'll get your the, the second pick in your first-rounder next year, and that kind of offsets what we paid to get up, and we'd be equally happy with Stroud or Young. Maybe Richardson's the apple of the eye. I don't know mm-hmm. at this point in time. So um, it was a big one, though, uh, that went down about a month before the NFL Draft. So we'll discuss that today. Uh, the question of the day presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate is how many fantasy leagues did I start this weekend? No, uh, the answer to that would be about eight. Uh, I've got about 15 drafts going right now. But that that real question of the day is, other than trying to retain their own players, which free agent should get the first call from the Jaguars when the NFL's legal tampering window opens at noon Eastern time today? Again, if you don't follow the minutia second by second, At noon today, officially, you can reach out to representatives of these players and begin negotiating deals, right? And you'll hear deals that are consummated this afternoon, likely. So-and-so's expected to sign here, and they'll have the terms of the deal. When they first started this legal tampering, Tony, they wanted to pretend like numbers weren't being exchanged. <laughs> like, what What do you think you were talking to them about, right. right? What do you think was happening before you called this a legal tampering exactly. window? And we knew five days before free agency started, hey, this guy's going to get five years, $45 million. Right. This is The market for so-and-so is X. Uh, here it is. So, what? We were led to believe they were calling up, would you be interested in, in playing for our team? Well, how much would you be interested in paying me? Well, I can't talk about that. So, back to my original question. Uh, we no. did those dances with Dave Caldwell for a number of years. Right. And, right. of course, I mean, they all, uh, you know, certainly by now, they're, they're you know, if you're not doing it, yeah. like, I get it. You know, I don't, I don't like cheating, but this is almost like just an accepted, this is life in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. This is just how it is. And if you don't participate to this level, 
Uh, I don't feel like anybody's being hurt by it because everyone's doing it, right? It's not like, you know, uh, you're injecting your body with a bunch of performance-enhancing substances and running out there. This is just like, hey, we're just trying to get an idea of what it's going to cost to sign you. Uh, that doesn't mean somebody can't swoop in and top you at that point in time. So uh, let us know. Uh, we included a list from CBS Sports, so they're top 100 available free agents. You're not limited to anybody on that list because you may think, hey, I, I'm – Let's make a sneaky call to this guy who's mm-hmm. not going to cost as much, and let's get him in here before the dust settles at that position. Uh, you know, you look at Brandon Graham, right, who would have been a nice type veteran pass rusher for the Jaguars, wanted to stay with Philadelphia. I get it. It's the only team he's played for. But one year, $6 bucks. we can play in that market, mm-hmm. right, for a veteran pass rusher. Give me somebody in that 4 to $5 million range who can get after the quarterback on third down and you can find him. You just got to pick the right guy. Uh, Justin Houston being an example of that last year. Houston may be one of those guys again this year. So if you want to get in today, 641-1010 on the phone lines, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, and, of course, on Twitter, hit us up at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL, Fat Tony, and at IME2, the T. Come on, somebody. All right, Jaguars today off and rolling. Happy Monday on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. The show that gives you everything, everywhere, all at once on the <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. So did you watch the Oscars last night? You're an Oscars guy. Kinda. I did not. No. You did not? Neither did I. I'm sure my son did. My aspiring filmmaking son. I'm sure he watched them. Uh, that was a good movie, though. I, know, I think it took home just a boatload of awards, but really was good. Uh, I did see a lot of the fringier Oscar movies for the first time because my son's like, hey, you want to watch? Ah, uh, sure. Whatever. <laughs> you know. Um, After Sun, we watched that one. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty damn depressing. I mean, <laughs> he'll he'll watch a depressing movie now. Anyway, uh, didn't watch the, the Oscars. If you did, good for you. Hope you enjoyed them. Um, there you go. I watched the uh, season finale of The Last of Us last night. Actually, I watched it after Endgame because Endgame was on and I just, I can't get away from it. Yeah. Like, ah. I love you 3,000 as well. So <laughs> I just stayed with that for two and a half hours or so after I realized that was on uh-huh. uh, last night uh, and flipped over with the Knicks beating the Lakers. And so I was able to catch a fourth quarter of that as well. Did not watch USA get trounced by Mexico, uh, although it was on my scorecard for a minute, my dance card. Yeah. Uh, I do like the World Baseball Classic, but. Uh, I watched a lot of the World Baseball Classic this weekend. Did you? I watched. 10 o'clock uh, was, was it Saturday? Late. Yeah. Who, who, who did they play Great Britain? Was it Saturday? Saturday yeah. I watched uh, about half of that. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Till the USA, till Schwarer went yad. <laughs> and they opened it up but on yeah. the, uh, the Brits. 10 o'clock was too late to plan to stay up to watch that for me. So I'm. Um, uh, I'm on Twitter, and someone's like, what is up with these Great Britain uniforms, right? And I look, and I'm, and, and I'm like, all right, World Baseball Classic's on, and USA was at bat. You know, you've got a very sharp-looking uni, and I'm mm-hmm. looking at the, the Great Britain uniforms, and I'm like, I don't understand what's wrong with them. You know, they got the high socks, okay, so the, the stirrup socks, you know, those styles come and go, and blah, blah, blah. And then, then the guy turns around on the mound. <laughs> it was like that block print font, Great Britain. Britain. Yeah, on just a gray jersey. <laughs> just like, yeah. a, I mean, the, the jersey was fine. Yeah. It was just like the block 
printing yeah. kind of thing. It's like, kind of smaller huh. than the other text, right? Yeah. Like on the other uniforms around the tournament. It's it's yeah. like you woke up in, in your graphic design class. Yeah. <laughs> on, oh, damn, class in 10 minutes. Uh-huh. What can I whip together real quick uh, to, to uh, give as an example of what they should wear? All right, uh, 641-1010. Let's get it back on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, this person on the text line designed by the Lifetime Enclosure says, the fan poll shows SEC bias. I suppose he's talking about me because anybody who voted in it only had the four choices of players, and they were all out of the SEC. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have an SEC bias other than that's where a lot of good players are, and I like good players. That all those players have been connected with the Jags sure. repeatedly in mock drafts. That was the connection. It's not like, oh, man, I who did I skip over? It's not like I said, you know, I, I picked uh, – you know, the Georgia tight end, because I don't like the Notre Dame tight end, because he mm-hmm. went to Notre Dame. I don't, you know, it's just that Darnell Washington gets mocked to the Jags much more than Michael Mayer does. Uh, I don't know. You know, just there are guys that are frequently connected to him. Anyway, so combine that with feeling that the pick is a luxury is how you get Taven Bryant. Uh, I don't think that the front office of the Jags go, we have to, we got to get that SEC guy just because he has SEC on his resume. It's, that's where you begin to look for good players because that's the conference that gets the, the most good players. Mm-hmm. You know, I so um, and when I said you're more likely to take a swing, I do believe that, right? Like Baltimore, had they been picking in the top five, let's say they had a top five pick that year through a trade or whatever, right? Would they have taken a chance of Lamar Jackson in the top five, but instead they trade up to 32 and took a swing on a guy that people were unsure of would he be worthy of a first-round pick. That, Certainly, yeah. You you get into that range, and the reason you can take chances is because, generally, you're earning a pick that low because your roster has fewer holes. So maybe you take a chance on a guy with upside who may not reach that upside right away. Granted, Taven Bryan, we didn't like the pick when they made it. Uh, you know, I would have taken Lamar Jackson then uh, for the Jags, and the history of the Jags would have been a lot different, uh, certainly. But, uh, you know, that was a year where – a lot of people expected the Atlanta Falcons to take Taven Bryan, and they took Calvin Ridley. So, took a while, but mm-hmm. we got around to it, and now we got Calvin Ridley. So, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it only took like six years to figure out that issue. So, I, I mean, right? you and call, if it, call it an SEC bias if you like. Right. Th- that's where good players play. And if it helps you with the SEC bias thing, just look at the position and ignore the player, right, on the poll, which is fine. Okay, just look at it as defensive back, tight end, edge rusher, offensive, offensive line. line, right? And these are the names that were inserted in the poll because you're right. Those are very names that are very often attached with the Jags. There are other offensive linemen that are attached to the Jags yeah. at times, but Osiris Torrance is probably maybe the most frequently attached sure. to him. And, yeah, does it uh, help when – you know, you're polling an audience that probably is more familiar with Osiris Torrance and some other offensive linemen. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, but whatever. It's just a it's a Twitter poll, man. I mean, like, it, but if you're going to say we're going to draft out of one conference, what SEC. conference would you pick? Every every team in the league would pick the SEC. If we could only draft from one conference, who are you going to take from? SEC. Yeah. It's where the most NFL-ready players are, right? That doesn't mean there are not other NFL-ready players players ready to be stars in other conferences. Go find them as well. I'm not opposed to – I'm not saying you only have to draft from the SEC. I'm just saying if you did draft from the SEC exclusively, you'd probably have a higher hit rate than you would out of most conferences. You still got to pick the right one as the example there. 
of Taven Bryan. That wasn't the right one. So uh, there's no question about it. Um, all right, another one here on the text line. Rumors are just rumors, um, but they have been saying these rumors, um, says the texter, that the Jags are linked to nickel corner Jamal Dean from the Bucks. Is he a nickel corner? He's 6'1", mm-hmm. played out on the outside a lot for the Bucks. If they were to do such a signing, how do you think pick 24 goes? Because most think we go cornerback. See, I'd, most I, a lot of people think that's a big need for them. And if the right value is there, yeah, they could go corner. Absolutely. And that the reason why you don't put corner in a poll like that is because there are more different corners. Like, the, if, sure. if they go – like, Branch is a unique guy. He can play safety, but he, he played nickel – Thought to play safety, you know, whereas corner, it could be this guy, could be that guy, could be this guy. Who falls to him? You don't know, you know. Um, Would If a top corner falls to the Jags at 24, are they likely to be interested? Absolutely, right? Mm -hmm. I think Jamal Dean is way out of the price range uh, for what the Jags are going to be playing in this free agency period, just based on where most – pundits have him ranked right if like a pro football focus for instance if they're at all worth their salt they haven't ranked fifth among every free agent out there and they mentioned that Carlton Davis his teammate got a three-year 44.5 million dollar contract okay which is called 15 million a year that could serve as something as a benchmark to clear for Dean meaning he'll get more than that the Jags can the Jags sign a guy no matter how they structure I mean there is a way to structure a deal uh, where you actually save money. Deron Payne got the crazy big deal. I say crazy big. It's just crazy money. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, you know, in today's market, good, go get it. But the the top defensive, one of the top defensive tackles on the board, right? And then he gets franchise tagged by Washington, and he gets a massive, massive deal uh, here, Tone. And uh, they actually lower his cap figure, from what the franchise tag would have been by a significant amount based on the contract extension. So, obviously, there are ways to structure it, but I I just think the market for Jamel Dean is going to be too robust to expect the Jags to be the one to to land him here. I think that's probably correct. You look at the Jags' depth chart at corner. You got Tyson Campbell, Darius Williams, Tavon Campbell, Gregory Jr., Monteric Brown, Chris Claybrooks. Those are the and Trey Herndon is about to be a free agent, so they're not going to have him back, right, on the roster. I I think you look at that, and I would expect the Jags are going to sign a corner in free agency, right? I don't know that it's going to be Jamel Dean at the top of the free agent class type corner that's going to come, but I think the Jags are going to sign at least one, if not two, corners in free agency when this whole thing is done. Do I think that that means that corner is out of play at twenty four? Not in the slightest. Right. I I think there is a real chance that when the Jags are on the board at 24, that the best player on their board is a corner. And you're darn right. They should take him if he's at the top of their list. Right. And again, depending on what they do in free agency to Mm -hmm. fill that that hole or or so to speak. But even if you sign a corner and you feel good now, let's let it uh, let's get a guy in here who could play nickel and we're going to play Darius Williams on the outside for another year. Well, there's a great chance you're moving on from Darius Williams after this year yeah. because there's very little dead money on his contract after 2023. So, you know, you do have to look to the future as well. And what do they always say about cornerbacks? Can't have too many good ones. Uh, with E, let's do a little early version. Today's 10-10 take. 
10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. All right, again, asking you today uh, which of uh, which agents should get the first call from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And since we're on the subject of cornerbacks, Tony, look, again, I don't know where he's going to fit in the price range when it's all said and done, but one guy who intrigues me that should be among the players, at least that I would be interested in calling, is Byron Murphy of Arizona. Only 25 years old, actually moved to the outside last year, and his numbers kind of fell off a little bit, which could depress his value because I'd be looking at him to come in and play nickel Mm -hmm. for this team, at least for this year, and then maybe you do draft still an outside corner, whether it's at the 24th pick, second round, third round, to go along with what you already have led by Tyson Campbell, of course. So Murphy is a guy, again, who maybe even even being maybe the seventh or eighth best corner on the market, maybe out of the Jaguars' price range, I just don't know what you know he's going to expect. When I see some of these projections of some of the guys I was interested in, like, hey, this seems like a, a low-level, sneaky-type play, and then you do a quick Google search on the market projection for that player, and you're like, he's going to make – Twelve million a year, or whatever. Like we yeah. don't have the twelve million a year to throw around for a sneaky type guy. You know what I mean? If it if it's gonna be a guy that we're spending twelve million on, keep in mind we're you're spending eleven million bucks on Evan Ingram. They spent nine last year, right, on a one year deal. That's got to be a guy who comes in and is not sneaky contributor. That guy's got to be a big time contributor to this football team. Murphy may price himself out of the Jags range, mm-hmm. but that's a guy that I think, if they could land, would have a big role with this team on day one. No, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'm looking at that list that you tweeted out, right, and went down to the bottom of the list and took the last corner that they had in that top 100, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Mosley, okay. who's a free agent with San Francisco. So then I went to spot track, and I don't think they're always right on with these market values, right, for these guys that are going to be Let me guess, $11 agents. million a year. 16-6. What? Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> It's still worth the call, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, like 16, oh gosh. I mean, and you're down at the bottom of right. the ranks, right? So uh, I do, like you said, think they'll bring in a veteran corner. Uh, it may be a case that we're sitting around waiting. Are the Jags going to do anything? Are the Jags going to do mm-hmm. anything? Well, they'll probably sign a few guys, right, from outside. There will be guys, veteran players on this roster this year that are not currently on this roster, that are coming from another team. Mm-hmm. But at what cost and at what point? You know, is it after the market settles and guys realize I'm not going to get the big bucks and some of that big money uh, that people have under the cap is exhausted? Not as many teams are that flush under the cap, by the way, right? Like, there are a few that have a ton, like the Jags have had in recent years. Yeah. But there are a lot of teams that are under $20 million in available cap space. Still better than what the Jags are sitting at at, like, 7.3, 7.4 right now, uh, which is the best estimate of some of the projections out there. All right. So the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day, other than trying to retain their own players, which free agent should get the first call from the Jags when the NFL's legal tampering window opens up at noon Eastern time today? That's your question of the day. We'll come back on Mock Draft Monday and look at what the pundits are saying uh, the, the Jags should be considering for their first round selection. I got a fresh seven round mock as well out there that we'll delve into today uh, with uh, a look at more what the positions are lining up with Jacksonville than the actual players, knowing it's 
nearly impossible to line that up once you get outside of the first round, even later in the first round. Not that easy to do. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. here with you. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All NFL Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, Tony, what are they saying out there in the Twitter sphere? All the latest uh, NFL buzz. Start. Uh, tell me what Tony Pauline had to say about the quarterback situation. Tony Pauline would. said that he's talked to sources close to the Panthers basically over the weekend after they made the trade to get to number one in the draft mm-hmm. um, on Saturday, and that he's hearing that they are debating between a couple quarterbacks. They're number one, C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. And right now, the debate in-house is whether or not they're willing to use the number one overall pick in the draft on Richardson. And, you know, there had been talk that Josh McCown really likes C.J. Stroud, Mm -hmm. right, which makes sense. There also been talk, and talk is talk, right? Yeah. We don't know. I don't, at least I can't tell you definitively who the Texans prefer, but there's been some speculation that they like C.J. Stroud, okay? So now you're in this position where you trade up and, like, okay, I see – the benefits of going Stroud, I see the benefits of going Richardson. You can sell the narrative that, you know what, if we're going to stay here, the safe, smart pick, and maybe the best pick, is C.J. Stroud, right? Look at how he performed against the Georgia Bulldogs with that four-touchdown, no-interception performance uh, for Ohio State. He's 6'3", so he's more in the classic mold than a Bryce Young is. Uh, and you look at Frank Reich's history of starting quarterbacks under him, most of them are six four and taller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two that are are that were like six three, six two, and six two is like the shortest guy. Um, had a combined like six starts between them, so he f- has historically favored that mold. But all right, six three. Let's not worry about the the inch. If C.J. Stroud is clearly the best prospect, but if the Texans are sold as Stroud being their guy, and you really could roll the dice on Anthony Richardson, but don't want to pay top dollar to do it. Okay, what will you give us for that one pick slide? I don't see them moving back more than one spot mm-hmm. because then you like, what's the point? You know, then you're just jumping around all over the place. Even if you move back to four, you say, well, you're only going to miss out on two quarterbacks. Well, somebody jumps up to three with Arizona, right? And, and so I could conceivably see them sliding back a spot if they could convince the Texans that uh, they might take Stroud if they stand pat, and if the Texans really like Stroud. Um, we'll see how that goes. It'll be fascinating, uh, you know. And so that because I heard Jeff and, and Dan talking about this this morning on the drill, and I think this is the common perception is that Stroud and Young are now both not coming to the AFC South. Well, there's a scenario where they could yeah. right move back one spot, and the let's say the Panthers recoup a first round pick in the deal, an extra first round pick uh, next year from the Texans, for instance. And then they take Anthony Richardson there, and then Bryce Young falls to Jim Irsay and company at number mm-hmm. four. It's possible it goes down that Certainly. way. Uh, what's the other one that um, you saw Matt Lombardo ago? of Heavy on Sports. Heavy on Sports yeah. with Matt Lombardo. Uh, tweeted about an hour ago that the market for Arden Key appears to be a strong one. Uh, it sounds like eight or nine teams, according to Lombardo, are expressing interest and the 26-year-old. Boo! So, yeah. Boo! Boo! I don't like that. I mean, you know, that if that's the case, come on. I mean, are you going to be out, able to outbid all of those teams Probably if not. you're the Jacksonville Jaguars? You know, one of the guys, it, nobody gets past the NFL, right? I mean, in terms of, like, pro personnel departments, 
are out there, they're well aware of what Arden Key did. There's no, like, shh, hey, don't look over here, mm-hmm. right? Look at all the pressure he got and look at, uh, you know, what he might do with an expanded role and all this kind of stuff. There are very few of those secrets. Guy brought up yesterday on Twitter, uh, and we are discussing a few different things, and uh, I think you say it, Okoronkwo, oh, uh, Obaniah, I think they call him Obo, the, mm-hmm. the Texans pass rusher, okay, who could play both 3-4 linebacker and 4-3 DN, had no sacks through like the first 10-11 games of the season, had five in the last six. He's 28 years old and had a late season kind of breakout performance, and I would have loved to think he would be under the radar. I just, I don't believe that's the case in the NFL. I think maybe he is, I guess, I suppose to some degree, you could say, look at what the Jags got Arden Key for last year, right? It was a one-year deal. They didn't go absolutely crazy on it. So maybe there's a guy like that out there. I don't know if Okoronkwo is that guy playing for the Texans this year. Um, I've seen he's projected to get, you know, in the 10 million plus range because that's what pass rushers get uh, yeah I'm looking at um on pro football reference some of the kind of pressure numbers right the quarterback knockdowns hurries you know that kind of thing and if you look at those numbers Arden Key is basically a top 50 to 60 player in those kind of stats in the league last year as a part-time defensive lineman uh, for the Jaguars, right? And you're talking there's 32 teams, and they all are going to have two guys that are playing kind of in those kind of positions, if not three or four. And if Arden Key really is among the 60 best at creating pressure in the National Football League, then, yeah, he's going to be well out of the Jaguars' price range, you would think, when free agency begins. Man, I saw – you know, and, and metrics are a funny thing, Yeah, right? Um I saw, and I wish I had it up in front of me right now. I, I thought it was in one of the links I emailed myself last night, and I can't find it right now. A description of the Jaguars' pass rush. I'm going to give you 10 shots at this, okay? Give me a one-word description of the Jaguars' pass rush from 2022. Each word stands on its own. Uh, the Jaguars' pass rush in 2022 was, and I'll see if you hit this word with 10 tries. I'm going to say you don't. Uh, the Jaguars' pass rush in 2022 was blank. Underwhelming? Underwhelming, okay. Uh, that's one. That is incorrect. Uh, it, well, it's not a match. Let's put it that way. I'm uh-huh. not saying it's incorrect. I, uh, that was bad phrasing. I'm saying it's not a match. Uh, the Jaguars' pass rush in 2022 was blank. Was the, uh, disappointing? He's thinking of synonyms for underwhelming yeah. now. <laughs> incorrect. Uh, the Jaguars' pass rush in 2022 was blank. Was, how do you say was a lot of pressure, but no sacks. Uh, uh, I don't know. You tell me. Mismatched. Mismatched. Okay, <laughs> ET, feel free to jump in if you got a word here at any well, point. Bollocks. The, the Jaguars' pass rush in 2022 was bollocks. Is that was that fair to say? Yeah. yeah All right. That's, fair All right. To say. that's four. They're still not there. The Jaguars' pass rush in 2022. Uh, I'm losing the ability to say pass rush mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, it, it was what? Ineffective. Ineffective is another one for. Uh, E.T. The Jaguars pass rush, Tony, in 2022. We're halfway there. Come on. What do you uh, got? Solid. 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 Now we're moving in. Uh, yeah. uh, let's just say warmer. Okay. The Jaguars pass rush in 2022 was blank, E. Oh, it was uh... solid. <laughs> it was uh... <laughs> already taken. <laughs> was. Come on. What, what leaps to mind? So-so? How about so-so? Right. It was I right. inconsistent. inconsistent. How about inconsistent, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, what what what's a good word for like teasing you? You know, yeah. but but you you say it in one word, whatever. Yeah, like, that's what I'm like. I'm trying to the, get there right, in my like head. On the edge. All right, uh, uh, we'll skip to the, the chase here. Because the pressure you got numbers one. are good. The pressure numbers are right, good. But the sack numbers aren't. Deceptive. Right. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Deceptive. Mm-hmm. Right. The word they used was dominant. Uh-huh. The Jaguars' <laughs> pass rush in 2022 was dominant, and they based it on pressure rate. Yeah. And and like, ah, okay, I get. I'm not saying pressure rate doesn't have a a role to play in the whole scenario, mm-hmm. but dominant. <laughs> I mean, come on, don't you have to get quarterbacks on the ground to be a dominant pass rush? You, you would just, think. you know, I, I mean, in the biggest moments in the postseason, you got, you got Mahomes is hobbling around. Where was that dominant pass rush? I just stunned me. Yeah. Dominant? Really? <laughs> Might have even been like a pro football focus. I gotta I gotta see where I don't wanna attribute it incorrectly right. to the source because uh that that was stunning to me that uh, somebody would consider that to be a dominant pass rush last year. So um six four one ten ten if you wanna get in. Good efforts all and I didn't think any of your words were necessarily inappropriate. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe you could even say a little bit underrated perhaps, right? If you want, were one of these metrics people that said, Hey, look, look how often we got close. It's not just about sacks. It's about mm-hmm. affecting the quarterback. And that's true to some degree, to some degree. Yeah. Like I'm looking on pro football reference. Still got the, the page pulled up here. Josh Allen was top seven in the national football league mm-hmm. in hurries, quarterback knockdowns and pressures last right. year. And he was top five in both hurries and quarterback knockdowns in the entire NFL last year and was seventh among all players in pressures, uh, however they regard those on pro football reference. It's, it is one, it's a confusing one to try to figure out. Was the Jaguars' pass rush bad last year? I think you look at those numbers, it's hard to say it was bad last year, but it didn't come up big in the big times, obviously, in the playoffs. It needs to be better. Uh, than it was last season, but the pressure numbers didn't convert to sacks for whatever reason. Now, maybe there's an argument to be made. Is that the kind of stat that it'll fall back to? If you create that kind of pressure, you're going to get this many sacks, generally speaking, right? Like, if they can create that kind of pressure again, then the Jags will actually be a 50-sack team in 2023. If they can manage to create those kind of pressures again, I don't know how those things kind of – you know, move around. I'm not sure exactly how they relate to one yeah, another. Yeah, look, uh, there, there's a correlation to some degree, yeah. but I, it's certainly not to where you can't just throw. At some point, you have to watch and and look and recognize big situations. There's no way dominant should have been the word used to describe That's this. A, yeah. So I just put in to see if I could find it, and it didn't come up, but uh, Jaguars pass rush dominant Jacksonville Jaguars pass rush dominant Mm -hmm. and among the results I got on the first page of the uh, the Google search was power rankings every NFL team's top pass rushing duo from October 11th 2013 Tony Smith okay 2013 the Jags top duo ranked 30th in the National Football League by the way Pittsburgh usually known for their pass rush was dead last Brett Kiesel and Lamar Woodley oh. uh, was the top pass rushing duo. The Giants, who at times have been phenomenal, Matthias Kiwanuka and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, who at that point in the season had two and a half combined. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars duo, any guess in 2013 off the top of your head who the top pass rushing duo was mid-season or early season 2020, uh, 2013? 
Uh, Jason Babin. Yes. And He's so good at these games. He really is, he. Cinderic Marks. That is incorrect. I think you're going back too far oh. on sack. I may be wrong, but Tyson Alualu. Oh. Okay. Uh, their combined sack total at that point was three and a half. And it says the Jags seem to find themselves near the bottom of, of every ranking list this season. <laughs> I thought they were going to say this, you know, the pass rush list quite often, but every ranking list this season, this list is no different. Um, eh, no lies told, probably, <laughs> at that point in time. So, you know, at least this. Um, do you feel tremendously better about Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker than you would with Jason Babin, Tyson Alawalu 2.0? Yes. Hell yes. Yeah. Hell yes. I got critiqued pretty harshly on the text line, Tony, uh, for not lavishing praise on Trayvon Walker. Uh, I think a Georgia fan was upset. On Friday, said last year you yeah. guys you guys killed Tyson Campbell. No, we critiqued Tyson Campbell. Here's the thing, little secret: we want them all to be all pros. Yeah. Okay, all of them. I don't care. I don't care. I have, I have no axe to grind with Georgia. I have no axe to grind with Florida. Once they get into the league, mm -hmm. right? I'm a Florida State fan. I don't care. Look, if you're gonna draft a Gator, just make him a good one, right? Love Freddie T. Uh, Taven Bryan, not so much, right? Uh, <laughs> plenty of other examples of uh, of uh, Jaguar draft picks uh, coming out of the University of Florida, like C.J. Henderson and Dante Fowler and Derek Harvey. Mm -hmm. There've been uh, there've been a lot of them in uh, the years or over the years. All right, we'll take a time out here, halfway home. When we come back, we'll start to crank up a little bit on mock draft Monday. Some uh, interesting ones out there, including an eight-round mock at Pro Football Network and uh, a different name than we usually see connected with the Jags with the 24th pick. In fact, uh, a, a bevy of different names, and that's even with some interesting players on the board at that point in time. So we'll get into that uh, as we return. We're halfway home, 641-1010. If you want to weigh in today and uh, today's question of the day, asking you which free agent should get the first call from the team when the NFL's legal tampering window opens at noon today. That team, of course, your Jacksonville Jaguars, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, here we go. E.T., what do you call that? The little rev rev move right there? Yeah, we call it like the zoom. The zoom zoom. Little zoom zoom. It's equivalent to like the two step. You can do it to many different songs. You know what I'm saying? Which two step are we talking about here? A lot of two steps out there. Exactly, but you could two step to any song, really. Pretty much. And the same thing with this. You could. I just like the chair dance, so I'm good. Right where you got me right now. By the way, one of these cameras turning on in here. I don't know. Not today. Later the better. <laughs> hey, seriously. Eh, yours fell off. Is that yours or I think that's mine. I think that's one I didn't, on Look, you, it was yeah. on the table. It, it was the one that was pointing at me. Like, they're getting ready to stream us pretty soon. So you can watch Jaguars today. Won't that be a treat for you? You know? I don't really like the placement of it. I think that's what they're trying to get right. You don't placement. like the placement of it? Yeah, because it's like it's like. Right in your right face. Like, right, like. Get, should be like a little right, like more of a give us an atmospheric feel of uh, where where do I sit? Like you know, Tony and I are like thirty seven feet away from each other, and you're gonna see these 
and it's going to make us look like we're almost right across the table from each <laughs> right, other. Yeah. Right. That's very deceptive. I don't like to get that close to Tony if I can help it. By the Jags pass rush, deceptive. Deceptive. There's another one for you. Uh, several other suggestions coming on the text line. You oh. might be surprised. Uh, this one. If the Jags pass rush was dominant, what was Philadelphia's? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to have some room to go somewhere else. Like, right. you got to call their pass rush dominant. What was Philly, who was on the brink of setting an all time single season record for regular season combined with postseason sacks? They fell short, but still. I mean, they had a dominant pass rush with four guys with 10 or more sacks. Fair to call them dominant, right? Probably a couple other teams. You don't have to be Philadelphia to necessarily – that they were absurd almost, right? Right. That might be a better word, right? But it, it the Jags can't be dominant. There has not been a word created for what Philadelphia's pass rush <laughs> was if the Jags was dominant. Uh, let's see. Um the, uh, I think the lack of sacks has to do not being able to cover for an extended period of time. I think we got quick, good pressure, but the opposing quarterback was able to quickly find somebody open most of the time, uh, probably someone being covered by a linebacker. I'm not <laughs> saying that – right, like th- that. if you're getting consistent pressure and you're not getting the sacks, that's part of the equation. No doubt. Okay? I still just have a hard time – you could then call it underrated. You could call it deceptive. You could – deceptively effective – that's mm-hmm. two words, but you get the idea. I just don't think dominant was the word for it. Um, I just said inconsistent. Uh, here's another one. Uh, lackluster was another one coming in on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Um, couldn't Jordan Smith step up to replace Arden Key? Oh, remember be Jordan nice Smith? nice if he did. Wouldn't that be nice, yeah. right? But I'm going to count on that like I'm going to count on growing a, a third arm. Yeah. Jordan okay. Smith will be on the Jaguars roster in 2023. My man is only 24 years old. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he'll turn 25 next month. He's appeared in two games so far for this team with one tackle. Uh, that came in his rookie season of 2021. Didn't play at all last year, obviously. I mean, look, it'd be great. Hey, here's an idea. How about that guy, Caleb on chase on? Wouldn't it be nice if he lived up to his first round billing or something even approaching that, right? So they do have some guys that could it happen that they have a breakout season? Guys do break out later in their careers, right? Sure. Can you count on that, though? It can't be your plan. Your plan can be we got to do this, this, and this. This is what our, our this is what it's going to look like. And then if we get contributions from these guys or one of these guys, then maybe we're actually, you know, be good, get mm-hmm. improvement, what have you. Um, could he be? Sure. There's a greater than zero chance that he could be. Is it something you should count on? Absolutely not. I don't think anybody would. Here's one. Serviceable. That's a good one mm-hmm. right there. At times, you know, like serviceable. But again, you know, people are going to remember what happens in the big moments, right? And when you got Patrick Mahomes hobbling all over the place, and the and the pressure was really good before they hurt him, and then KC's offensive line stepped up and and yep. neutralized them, you know, and that's what you remember. And uh, so serviceable at times, I don't know. Uh, let's see, pedestrian. There's another one. These people sending their suggestions for what the uh, Jaguars pass rush. The curse of not drafting Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Well, again, after one year, and this, again, just one or two thin-skinned fans out there. I think most Georgia fans realize, look, if you're going to ask a reasonable Georgia fan, 
who had a better rookie season, it's hard to argue that Aiden Hutchinson didn't have a better rookie season. You can't argue that. That doesn't mean you don't love your guy or that you don't think he's going to turn out to be better. But at this point in time, the guy had a better rookie season. Does a rookie season tell the entire story? No. no. But, you know, that he's he's here. He's, I'm holding the hands different levels. Aiden Hutchinson's up here right now, and Trayvon Walker's below him and, and got to close that gap. And, you know, Aiden Hutchinson may – improve as well it's not just hey let's catch up to this guy who's like what do they have nine and a half I think this year sacks something like that, uh, a few yeah. interceptions uh, an interesting kind of rookie year but um you know he may maybe he turns into a 14 sack guy this year you know look I hope that that Trayvon blows this all away and others that you know the, the guy made the example look at Chris Jones okay well again Chris Jones was a second round pick not the first overall pick when you had your choice of any player in the draft, and that's Chris Jones. That's good. You know, for every Chris Jones, bet we could find a bunch of pass rushers who were disappointing in the first year that never lived up to it. Sure. Caleb on Chason yeah. being one of them, right? I mean, you know, so let's let's hope it's more a Chris Jones situation for uh, Trayvon Walker. I hope he doesn't turn into J.J. Watt. Oh, Aiden Hutchinson? Yeah. <sighs> That's going to hurt so bad. I don't think he's that uh, – I don't see him as a J.J. Watt level. Like, uh, Watt at his peak. 22 and a half? Or, or something, like 22. But, I mean, he's like three-time defensive player right. of the year. Yeah. You know, I mean, first ballot Hall of Fame. In my opinion, first ballot Hall of Fame oh, for J.J. Sure. Watt. His first season he had, he didn't have many sacks. His first – yeah, his, first, his rookie season, in it? Like eight maybe? That's still not rookie year. JJ Watt had five and a half. Five okay, and um, what he go to? Twenty and a half his second year. Mm. All right. Well, hell, you know, I'm open to Trayvon either quadrupling his total or better yet, just add fifteen. Yeah. Add a straight fifteen right to the top. Yeah. You know, second look. year in the league won his first of three defensive player of the year awards. Second year in the second league. year. All right. Hey, look, Trayvon, blow us away. And uh, again, I'm not rooting against it, man. I don't mm-hmm. have. Uh, stock in Aiden Hutchinson or any of these other guys. I have stock in, in my my heart has stock in uh, the guys that put on teal on Sunday uh, and uh, seeing them perform at a high level. Let's just hope that that is uh, the case. Uh, all right, so let's do that. Let's take a, our time out here. We'll come back because I got a, a quartet of mocks. I want to get your thoughts on, Tony, which of these first-round selections as of right now is most appealing to you. And uh, we'll look a little bit deeper with Pro Football Network's seven-rounder. It's Mock Draft Monday. We eventually get around to them here on the program. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. here with you. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All Jags, all NFL. Jaguars today on 1010XL. Ha! I found it. Found it. Obscure source. They call the Jags <laughs> having a dominant pass rush. Oh? From a desk of, how do you pronounce this? NFL.com? Oh. Is it, or is that a capital I? Could it be <laughs> NF, capital I.com? No. This is the National Football League's own site. Mm-hmm. This is a piece on free agency needs for every team. Like, what are the three biggest needs? By the way, what, what do you what do you list that the three biggest needs for the Jags at the moment, position wise? Corner. Okay, that was they got that right. Edge rush. 
Okay, they did not get that right. Rush and offensive line somewhere. Okay, they put O tackle. Yeah, and at least they're recognizing they put safety in there as well. <sighs> right. All right. Whatever. I would put edge mm-hmm. rush in place of safety, but uh, not terrible. At least they're paying somewhat attention. But is what they said about your Jaguars. After spending the most money in free agency last offseason, the Jaguars may now have to make cuts and restructure deals in order to stay under the cap. May now. I mean, <laughs> like, you, know, you know how the NFL works. Of course they have to. Uh-huh. So do a bunch of other teams. It's it's the annual ritual. But this is where it gets good. Oh. The defense was the team's strength in 2022. Whoa. What? Whoa. What? Was it? Really? Huh. Not the Trevor Lawrence-led offense? I. Hmm. All right. The defense was the team's strength in 2022 with a dominant pass rush that pressured opposing quarterbacks on 32.9% of dropbacks, third highest in the NFL. Josh Allen was a key contributor, tallying 64 quarterback pressures, fourth highest in the NFL. However, the secondary was mediocre, blah, 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 blah. But so the defense was the team's strength with a mm-hmm. dominant pass rush last year. This is the official site of the National Football League. So I wanted to see what the byline was. Who wrote this? This is from the Next Gen Stats Analytics team. <laughs> and that literally is what they put for the byline. So it's like fresh off a bunch of crunched numbers that they're telling you the narrative that the mm-hmm. Jags' defense was the strength of the team and had a dominant pass rush. I didn't make it up. Yeah. It's out there, and it's only at this obscure site called NFL.com. So – You got that going for you. All right, now here Mm -hmm. we go. Finally, Mock Draft Monday. Let's take a look at the offerings. I don't know if you've seen any of these, Tone. I I had three of them at CBS Sports that got updated. A bunch of them got updated this weekend, of course, with the trade that went down at the top of the draft, right? So we got three at CBS, and we got one from Pro Football Network that we'll look at today. The first one here I've got uh, is Dewan Jones, the Ohio State offensive tackle. Right, and it says we'll see if Jones ultimately finds his way into the first round. But he was hard to overlook, just or it was hard to overlook just how dominant he was in one day of practice at the Senior Bowl. Oof, one day, uh, yes, his footwork needs some fine tuning, but his huge frame, long arms, and enormous wingspan more than make up for what he lacks in quickness. He's block out the sun big, even when standing next to his offensive line mates. <sighs> like when I hear. Big Sirs and Tony Baselli talk about feet, feet, feet. It's all the feet, 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 mm-hmm. right? And so his footwork needs some fine tuning. He's not as quick as we'd like him to be. <sighs> <sighs> Dewan Jones sounds like a guy that you know. If this were 25 years ago, you'd be like, "Damn, we're gonna maul some people on the right side of the offensive line." I'm not saying he won't go in the first round, but mm-hmm. uh, what do you? How do you feel about Dewan Jones as I'm setting this up <laughs> for you to not look the pick? Uh, I think. Um... I don't know about DeWan Jones specifically, mm-hmm. but I, I think for this Jaguars team at 24, is there a spot for them to draft a tackle or a guard? Yeah. Right? Like, Absolutely. Right? And I don't know how to compare tackles and guards to one another as well as I, I feel like I maybe can with some of the other positions. Massive, massive question in this whole thing. How do they really feel about Walker Little playing right tackle? Right. Do they think he can do it? They saw him try – to beat out Jawan Taylor last year, did he not just because Jawan was playing at the best level of his career, or did they see something that made him go, you know what, he's best suited as a swing tackle yeah. with maybe next year if Cam leaves, he's our left tackle, but 
doesn't work as well on the right side. Yeah, like I just, for me personally, I don't feel a bunch of pressure to draft an offensive tackle at 24. Even with Jawan Taylor walking, I'm I'm confident that Walker Little can play right tackle for him, at least for a year. I, I'm confident that he can do that for them. That doesn't mean that I'm ruling out offensive tackle at 24 in the draft. I am I am so solidly in the draft the best available player at 24 camp right now. Bijan? Right. Even if it is Bijan, I don't care who it is. You know, outside of the quarterback position, basically, and we talked about an inside linebacker, that kind of thing. But I don't think there's a whole lot of linebackers that are being talked about in that range anyway um, at 24 in the draft right now. But offensive line, safety, corner, edge, interior pass rusher, like all those positions are wide open. Wide receiver, tight end, all of it I think is on the table at 24. By the way, if I'm the Bears, I'm going to beef up my offensive line in free agency because they still have the most cap space left even after taking on DJ Moore's contract. Uh-huh. I'm taking Bijan at nine. <laughs> I am. I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You add DJ Moore, you get Chase Claypool on the other side, put Mooney in the slot, you get Bijan behind Justin Fields and they run those RPO plays. What? Who, who are you going to focus on there? I mean, you got Arguably the best running quarterback in the National Football League mm-hmm. at the moment, right? It's one of the two best, along with Lamar Jackson. And you got the superstar talent coming in at running back. Make that offense exciting as hell and, and uh, fun to watch. Uh, by the way, they in this mock, they had Bijan Robinson going to the Patriots at 14. So the Patriots could take him at 14. They have Ramondre Stevenson, who a lot of people think is going to explode this year. Had a really nice season last year. Mm-hmm. Um Certainly. I mean, you've heard my thoughts on Bijan at this point. All right, moving along here. Next one up, speaking of cornerbacks, don't see him lasting to the 24th pick all that that often. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. uh, of Penn State. Porter didn't test as well as some of the other top corners in the combine. The Jags will welcome his arm length, tied for longest at the combine, and physicality in the secondary. Uh, I mean, you know, we joke about run the card up to the table Joey Porter <laughs> Jr. Uh yeah. I, I I mean I don't know if I've seen a mock where he goes that late. Nope. At this point in time. Let me look at that first one and see where he came off the board. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he, he is maybe that combine is knocking him down. Now here's what the first one he went 17th okay. in Pittsburgh. And a lot of people make that connection because his dad, uh Joey uh Porter Sr. Mm-hmm. uh played for the team. Um it's fun also to look at who else is on the table after the Jags uh, presumably took Dewan Jones in that first one. You know, Cyrus Torrance, right, in there. Okay. You had Darnell Washington uh, also going in the first round. Brian Brzee uh, out of Clemson going after that. Keely Ringo out of Georgia. Make an argument for all those guys no doubt. Uh, at that point in time. Here uh, with Joey Porter Jr., I mean, that – I mean, ugh, man, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that I, – I just haven't even – entertain the possibility of him being available with the 24th pick very often. Uh, Brian Branch was still on the board. Darnell Washington still on the board. Nolan Smith still on the board. Deontay Banks still on the board. Another corner uh, who I'm very intrigued by, but uh, Porter seems to be consistently ranked higher. All right, we move on to the third one from CBS Sports. Another offensive tackle, this one out of Oklahoma. Anton Harrison, 6'5", 315. This pick is to better protect Trevor Lawrence and to fill in the spot likely vacated by impending free agent Jawan Taylor. So at least, you know, they're thinking along sure. those lines. Again, like you said, uh, in this one, Porter makes it to the 23rd pick. A lot of people think Minnesota is going corner in the first round. So, you know, and and by the way, how about this? 
Devon Witherspoon at 22 and Joey Porter Jr. at 23, some will tell you they're two of the top three corners in the draft. Yeah. Right? And you're sitting there two picks away, and they go, bam, bam. Oh, man. That would be uh, that'd be heartbreaking. But Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, the pick uh, in this one, Osiris Torrance is uh, still available. Bijan Robinson is still available. Goes 28th in this one. Um, at least the, the guys that get mocked at the end of the first round that we've talked about uh, for a decent amount. And they've got Banks uh, going ahead of both Witherspoon and Porter here. Really, well, at corner, it's going to come down to personal preference because it does seem like there yeah. are those five or six first-round worthy guys this year. All right, uh, before we get to that seven-rounder on Mock Draft Monday, let's let Tony Smith take you on a tour around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Breaking just here in the last few minutes, the New England Patriots are trading tight end Jonu Smith to the Atlanta Falcons. Compensation in that trade hasn't been announced yet. The Cleveland Browns have restructured the contract of quarterback Deshaun Watson, opening up $38.6 million in cap space this year. Watson's cap hits each of the next three years will be $63.96 million. The Chicago Bears have traded the number one pick in this year's draft to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for the ninth and 61st picks in this year's draft. A first-round pick next year, a second-round pick, in 2025 and wide receiver DJ Moore. The LA Rams have traded corner Jalen Ramsey to the Miami Dolphins for a third round pick and tight end Hunter Long. The Dolphins are also fully guaranteeing the last two years of Ramsey's deal there in that trade. Washington and defensive tackle Deron Payne, who the commanders use their franchise tag on, have agreed instead to a four-year deal worth $90 million. Buffalo and inside linebacker Matt Milano have agreed to terms on a two-year contract extension, which will keep Milano under contract with Buffalo now through 2026. The New York Jets have agreed to a three-year deal with linebacker Quincy Williams worth $18 million with a max value of $21 million. The New Orleans Saints have, have signed tight end Jawan Johnson to a two-year $12 million deal with $8.5 million guaranteed. Johnson was set to be a restricted free agent there in New Orleans. Houston has signed wide receiver Robert Woods to a two-year $15.25 million deal with $10 million fully guaranteed. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are expected to target quarterback Baker Mayfield when the free agency tampering period opens up this afternoon. And Miami has picked up the fifth-year option on quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. Yes, they did. Um, boy, I'll tell you what, every person who plays fantasy football, all they heard in the last two minutes was, what, Atlanta can't get the ball to Kyle Pitts, so they just <laughs> traded for a tight end who's making $10 million in 2023? Mm-hmm. What? What? Let's bring in another tight end we won't be able to get the ball to? Yeah. In the world. I mean, I get it. You know, if you see Johnny was like the all-around, the guy who could play in line, right, you want to play some two tight end. I'm not saying, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just telling you. That that was my first reaction. Like, wait a minute. You spent, what, the fourth pick in the draft <laughs> on Kyle Pitts? Yeah. And you don't get in the ball enough, and now you're going to trade, you're going to help the Patriots get out of the mistake that they made by mm -hmm. giving Johnny too much money. Yeah. And, and the Patriots are getting this at the point right here where, you know, they're getting out of it when the big money's really going to hit in terms of the base salaries for the next couple of years uh, for Janu. Uh, you know, he got his bonus money, but 
his combined salary for the last two years for New England was a little over $2 million combined, mm-hmm. right? There's a little over league minimum, and this year is going to make 10. Next year is scheduled to make 11. And so let's take that off the Patriots' hands. Thanks, Atlanta. Anytime anybody helps New England out, yeah. doesn't make me happy. But uh, yeah, so, it's got to be an Arthur Smith thing. He coached him in Tennessee. I guess him back for I'm right, reason. but yeah, I, 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 God bless you. Maybe yeah. you know they're just going to run a lot of two tight end, and I would imagine that they're going to, or they look at Kyle Pitts almost like a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know that um, that's how they utilize him more. Anyway, um, from something called ML Football. Which, by the way, if you go to ML Football's uh, description on Twitter, independent NFL reporter approved by the NFL and NFLPA. What does that mean? They're giving out quality seal of approval? I don't know. To you? Yeah. What is that? Approved by the NFL and NFLPA. Anyway, it says uh, veteran uh, Jags tight end Chris Manhurts, who's an impending free agent, drawing interest from multiple teams per league sources, a return to Jacksonville not out of play, according to those sources. Uh, yeah would make sense Mm -hmm. you know your tight end room still needs some bodies and you need the inline you need somebody to play the man hurts role yep for this football team if it's not man hurts you're gonna have to fill that you know that physical uh, run game blocking primarily blocking nothing but an emergency outlet type tight end kind of deal all right here we go seven round mock on mock draft monday let me rip through this tell me if you like at least the positions that the Jags are going with here. Uh, round one, Tony, Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. The best tight end in the class may not be who you think it is, says a pro football network. And the Jaguars grab Dalton Kincaid here. Kade is a re- Kincaid is a receiver trapped in a tight end's body, dominating at the catch point with a massive catch radius. He'll win over the middle of the field as well as he wins along the sidelines. This is an uh, Evan Ingram type player. Yep. This type Tight end to me is only appealing if Evan Ingram and the Jags don't work out a long-term deal. I'm with you. But, you know, uh, just looking, Deontay Banks with the next pick. <sighs> uh, Peter Skaronsky, the offensive lineman at Northwestern. I don't know if he falls that far. Mm-hmm. I, you're like, I, I'm not, man, there are a lot of pass-catching tight ends out there. I'm not going that route <laughs> if I can get a guy that maybe feels like a top 15 player uh, at a position of need. For this team, Nolan Smith going 30th to the Texans here after uh, a trade where they, they move up to get him to jump Philadelphia in this scenario. Lucas Van Ness going 31 to Kansas City. So there are several guys I'd be more likely to, more inclined to uh, go after. All right, so anyway, they go tight end in round one. You can't rule it out, right? Uh, round two, 56 pick. Antonio Johnson, the safety out of Texas A&M. A lot of people love this guy. Yeah. Right? And uh, based on some rankings out there, 56 would be a pretty good value for him. How, how would you feel about that? I like it. Uh, he's one of those guys that has that kind of versatility uh, to play in the slot if you need him to and play safety for you. So, Free or strong safety. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I don't mind that either with an eye towards – again, this is 56. This is not 24. Mm-hmm. Jax did play a lot of three safety looks last year, yeah. you know, so you obviously, I think, would be making that move with an idea of we're going to get him on the field this year, and he's going to be a long-term replacement, likely, for Rayshon Jenkins, mm-hmm. you would think, uh, beginning next year. Uh, and this, with the ne- next pick, the Jags move up from pick 88, uh, and they give up a fifth-rounder next year, and they move up to get Jalen Jones, a corner out of Texas A&M, 
And it says Jags had to find a way of getting ahead of the Vikings. Again, this is interesting because the Vikings need corner help. They released Cameron Dantzler, uh, among other moves they made this offseason. They pick one spot ahead of you. So if they don't go corner early, this makes some sense. I don't yeah. know a ton about Jalen Jones. Uh, you know, I'm not going to break him down as a prospect, but that makes sense. Even the move up, the slight move up for that cost makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't love three rounds into the draft that you haven't added any big bodies on one of the lines of scrimmage. I don't love that idea necessarily for the Jags, but I don't think the positions are out of bounds. Well, all right, let's see if we can find some big bodies for you here. Um, Not going to get much help on the offensive line in this draft. I'll just tell you that right Mm -hmm. now. Uh, Jaguars with pick 121 go Mike Morris, edge rusher out of Michigan. Okay. Uh, One year later. Take the Michigan pass rusher, please. Uh, with pick 127, they go Miles Brooks, a corner out of Louisiana Tech. So two picks on corner. Wouldn't shock me if they spent two of the eight picks if they use all eight on the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with pick 185, they go Jadon Hazelwood, wide receiver out of Arkansas. Jadon Hazelwood out of Arkansas. Could see them going wide receiver late, and that's where I'd want them to Certainly, go. yeah. Kind of late. Um they got uh, Juice Scruggs out of Penn State, a, a center with pick 202. And then another edge rusher, Viliami Fajoko. I think I said that right, actually, <laughs> out of San Jose State. So uh, a couple of edge rushers, but no true big-bodied guys. Did I miss anybody? I thought I saw, saw um, them taking a running back at some point in this mock, but I guess it must have been – Another one that I was looking at that somebody had him going running back late. And again, mm-hmm. if they go running back, oh no, they did. What that's final pick. I missed it. 226. Keaton Mitchell running back out of East Carolina. So okay. yeah, like I'm fine, you know, late. Like if you're not going Bijan, I think you gotta wait on the running back position here. Somebody said on the uh uh on Twitter today in response to who should get the first call, basically a physical back who can get the tough yards for you. Let me think, like that guy James Robinson is out there, you know. Uh, yeah. I, you wonder what the NFL thinks about James Robinson, right? How about Quincy Williams getting a three-year deal? I know, yeah. From uh, from the Jets. You know, he's played so well uh, over the last couple of years as, since the Jags has outright released him after selecting. Two years after picking him in the third round, here you go. Jets pick him up. Uh, and got three years, like – $18 million. Is it 18? Yeah, right. 18 like, with – the chance to make 21. Right. A very reasonable yeah. contract for a guy who's performed pretty well for that team over the last few years. So, anyway, just interesting. That one's at Pro Football Network if you want to check out that seven-round mock. We'll come back and take a look at the Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day. Who do you think should get the first call from the Jaguars when legal tampering begins in 24 minutes officially? Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T., you're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Man, look here. For the last, since 19, since, no, since 2017, my wife been beating me down, man, in my man cave over here on Norman Boulevard about these Jaguars. I turned the TV on to YouTube, and they have Jimmy Page and Robert Plant video, The Rain Sun. I put a picture of Trevor Lawrence by that video, and I put a title by the video, and told my wife I'm ready. 
everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. Now, classic there, of course, from our man Holiday. Haven't heard from him in a while, but it's all good. You know, we just di- dipped into the archives for the rain song uh, today. I understand the theme. I know where you're going. Okay? Not crazy. But yeah. it does line up. You see the tweet from Pro Football Talk yesterday. right? Somebody asked. Let me get the original uh, question. Uh, a team calls 31 other teams and mm-hmm. offers four first-round picks for their quarterback. No other pieces, no further negotiation. Who do they get a no from? Okay, and Pro Football Talk responded, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Chargers. Probably Jaguars and Eagles, too. I think we're here to tell you there's no probably about it. <laughs> Kidding me? Right. Like, seriously. Right. You know, like, look at what you're giving up to get an unknown at the top of the draft. You don't even know who you're taking if you're Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. They gave up two firsts, a second, DJ Moore, who many would value, you know, based on this year's free agency availability and the fact that he's locked in to, by NFL standards, a pretty reasonable contract. He's in his mid-20s. He's a first-round pick as well, Yeah, right? If DJ Moore, with the contract he has right now, was available to be drafted, I think he'd go in the first round this year because he's proven, right? Yeah. You're giving up all that to get up from 9-1 to one to take a shot on a guy who's never played it down in the NFL, and you think – the Jags are going to take, oh, give us one more pick and we'll give you Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were three NFL drafts, basically, or at least two NFL drafts where everyone knew the next one, the number one pick, was going to be Trevor Lawrence. Right? Like, that happened for two years, and then he got drafted number one overall. Show me the quarterback right now that is being talked about that way. Right? Uh, Caleb Williams. Like, he's being th- he's going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. Probably, but he's not being talked about the same kind of prospect that Trevor Lawrence No, is. but go out and have another season like he did last year, and sure. maybe people will think. But regardless, but that's – The even, generational thing doesn't get thrown on everybody. It correct. got thrown on Trevor Lawrence, and in year two, he looked generational. He showed you, right. And that's right. the thing. No matter how you feel about Caleb Williams, it's – Trevor's still only 23 years old, oh. man. And, no, I'm with you. That's, that's why I said there's no probably about it. That's a hard no. Yeah. Now – People say, I had people reply, of course, there, there's no price. Uh, probably not, right? Because, like, what's the point? Okay, if I give you 10 first-round picks, mm-hmm. well, by the time we get to the fourth one, <laughs> I'm fired, right? Yeah. Like, so yeah. I, it's not 10. If I had 10 first-round picks spread out over the next two years, that might be a different story, mm-hmm. right? And you could put together 10 first-round talents on the table and you could take a shot at multiple, maybe two quarterbacks in that time and hope one of them hits. I'm not, again, that, we're talking fantasy many, land. Nobody has that kind of draft capital. How many years ahead are you allowed to trade picks? I think it's... Is it five? Four? I think it's three. Maybe three. Like, like you could trade this year's, next year's, and the year after. Okay. I think. Because they don't want you hamstringing yourself too far into the future. Right. I have to look into what the Rams did when their next first round pick is cuz they don't have a first round pick again this year they but regardless it's it's just a hypothetical uh and you'd get you'd get a quick hang up or just a chuckle like are you kidding i mean no not yeah. happening uh why why herbert over lawrence at this point they're yeah. they're comparable yeah. to me you know it was uh, weird like i saw that when you were responding to it and i was like why 
would they not already be including Trevor with Herbert? Like, there's plenty of rankings you can find where Trevor's ahead of him now. Correct. Right? Like, after his second year, why would you even list him after Herbert on that kind of list? I'm with you. Uh, You wouldn't. All right, so today's question of the day, we asked you, uh, with legal tampering opening up in 13 minutes, Mm -hmm. you could finally start calling, wink, wink, finally start exchanging ideas and numbers, wink, wink. Because that hasn't happened prior right. to noon today. Yeah. But um, other than trying to retain their own players, which free agent should they get the first call from the Jags today uh, in terms of just testing the market? Look, I guess you could say, hey, let's go call Hayden Hurst. Like, I would like Hayden Hurst here, right? If you are if you don't know if you're going to get Evan Ingram signed to a long-term deal, if you get Hayden Hurst, who can do a, both. He could be your in-line guy. He can also flex out. I think he'd be a pretty good fit in this offense. But mm-hmm. I think he's going to get, $10 million a year from somebody, and I don't think the Jags will be in that market. I mean, I suppose you could say make a call to your wish list and see, but I think, you know, realistically, what I'm looking for here is a name that they could call that they might realistically be able to sign. I mentioned Byron Murphy as a possibility. He may be way outpriced by the time it's all done based on what cornerbacks uh, get. Foster Moreau is another. He's, as a tight end, for a guy who's not, massively big he's a very physical player good blocker gives you a little bit of receiving equity mm-hmm. but I'm seeing his projection at like nine ten million dollars a year yeah. so give me a guy who, who's first call for you uh probably somebody like Cameron Sutton camps a lot of people are saying yeah. Cam Sutton I think Cam Sutton's more expensive than Byron Murphy yeah based on the projections of you know all the pundits on where the cornerbacks fall in the free agent lists out there um a lot, well, yeah, a lot of, of mentions corners, of Cam Sutton. Yeah, one of those corners that you can get somewhere in that eight, nine million dollar range, something like that. Uh here we go. Um, how about a post June first trade? Um, you know, designated as a post June first trade. We send Jags give Cam Robinson, Caleb on Chase on in the twenty fourth pick to Atlanta for Kyle Pitts. Um I mean you know, you, you look at it at first, you're like, yeah, that's that's why would either side do this? Uh, I think Atlanta might potentially do something like that, mm-hmm. depending on how they felt about Cam Robinson. But if you're going to lose Jawan Taylor, like the, the time to figure out something with Cam Robinson was before free agency opens up. Because the only, like, if you lose Jawan Taylor, you can't lose Cam Robinson. You can't then, I don't think, go in with Walker Little and a complete unknown as your bookend tackles this year. At least I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Um, Paige Juan and Ingram, let little slide. This is a scenario. Right? They're saying do a trade designated as post June 1st. There's a lot of moving parts there. To get that done in this short amount of time, I think that ship is uh, likely not getting out of dock. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Patrick Peterson, Jimmy Ward. Uh, Peterson Award obviously corners. Uh, Cox, defensive lineman. Um Andrew says it won't make sense. People won't like it, but Miles Sanders or Devin Singletary makes our locker room better. You worried about our locker room or our on-field product? You know, like, like our locker room straight right now. The locker man. room is good, right? Like, let's not blow it up. But I don't need like, hey, you know what'll fix this locker room? Devin Singletary. I mean, Devin Singletary is. I think he's better 
than he's allowed he, to he look. He probably with is. But yeah. is he like I don't know what the Jags, if they add a running back exactly, what are they looking for? Are they looking for a bruiser? Right. Right, who can get you a few tough yards because they do have ETN and they really like Hasty. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't see them being a player for any kind of guy who's, you know, like a Miles Sanders level player. Um at running back. Would it make the team better? Yeah. I'm more concerned about that. As long as it doesn't wreck the locker room. Yeah. Um, I'll be on board with that. Uh, before I spend a nickel in free agency, I call the Rams to see what it would take to get Aaron Donald. Okay, th- that's fine. Um, doesn't answer the question. Uh, I would hope if you had interest in making a move like that, you made that call well before noon today, right? Uh, because there's, again, to do that, okay, we're going to take on Aaron Donald. What do we have to do to clear cap? Uh, the Rams called Aaron Donald along with, Stafford and Cooper Cup, weight-bearing walls. Like, we're not going to move on from these guys. Makes me think they've shopped them and the market for their services at what the compensation and the payment would be Mm -hmm. uh, is not to their liking. All right, uh, so all that done, let's welcome in XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, prime time at Australia Insurance Agency in Fernandina. Matt Hayes here with us. Hello, Matthew. Good morning. Good morning. That's a good afternoon, fellas. What's going on? That's not afternoon yet. Come on. Daylight savings will time. will be for us. Is best Once the lunchtime hits, baby. By the way, I am a, I'm a fan of daylight savings time. I hear so many people, why don't we just stick with whatever? I love when it stays light. Late into the night. I don't mind it all oh, getting yeah. up in the dark in the morning. So. Yes, 100%. You know, I don't yes. have any school kids waiting at the bus stop. <laughs> no, I, I get it. If you feel that way, you feel that way. What are you guys getting into today, Matt? Uh, it's just the NFL draft. It's the Jags. It's the NCAA tournament. It's wrapping up the players. It's, it's a big, big week coming up right now. It's a lot of uh, a smorgasbord of what's uh, out there. It's a great day to be on XL Primetime. All right, Matt, have a great show. We got uh, free agency legal tampering opening up in seven minutes. Nobody has talked to anybody's representative before then, right? No, not at all. No, everybody adheres to the rules 100%. Matt, have a great show out there, bud. All right, fellas. All right, XL Primetime coming up with Matt Hayes, me, O'Brien, Joe C., and Big Surce. Uh, for the next three hours, they do have a lot to sink into. I mean, look, if if we we're doing an all sports show tone, I mm-hmm. look, we had it's it is March thirteenth, and we had plenty of Jaguar topics yeah. to discuss. Uh, NCAA tournament. I, I think I, every year I watch less and less college basketball. Yep. I will be picking in the dark <laughs> once again. I will donate to the uh, to the, whoever runs the uh, the. Totally above board, no money exchanging hands, NCAA tournament pool here at 1010 XL. See, that's Taylor Dahl. Taylor Dahl usually, uh, yeah, I, I end up giving Taylor a lot of my money uh-huh. um, for fantasy football and everything else. So, uh, congrats again to Scotty Scheffler and congrats to the players for putting on an outstanding tournament, uh, making the First Coast look fantastic. Once again, all of you out there uh, cheering on. Scotty Scheffler to victory. Now just play like that when it comes Ryder Cup time, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what I'm really concerned with uh, with you. All right, that'll do it for us today. For Tony Smith and ET, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thanks for checking out Jaguars today once again. And uh, who knows? Who Maybe we'll be excited by the Jags being connected with some players not currently on their roster right now as word starts to leak out about connections being made around the National Football League. Regardless, we'll discuss it tomorrow, but stick around now because XL Primetime coming up on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
And if you allow me for a quick second, I got I got something I want to say. Duval!